0: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa salatu wassalamu ala ashrafil anbiayi wal mursaleen, Muhammadu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam, tasliman kathiran kathira. Amma my brothers and sisters, <coughs> we are talking about the life of Umar ibn al-Khattab, and of course the challenge always is when you talk about people like this, is how to try to say whatever we have to say in 10 minutes or 15 minutes. But anyway, we'll see what we can do. Two things I want to say about Sayyidina Amar al-Khattab. One we spoke about last time. This time two things. One is that if you see the life of Sayyidina Amar al-Khattab, one thing becomes very clear, which is that he was guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, the means of this guidance, of course, Allah knows how Allah wa ta'ala guides. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this in the, at the end of the longest ayat in the Qur'an, in Surah Al-Baqarah, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah Allah. If you have taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will teach you. The reason I say this is because when Sayyidina Umar al-Khattab became the Khalifa, he became the ruler over people who had no experience of empire, they had no experience of kingdom, they had no experience of an organized state, an organized political entity. The Arabs were tribes, and these tribes came together thanks to Rasulullah's initiative of creating an Ummah, creating a Brotherhood of Faith in Medina, and they stayed together. It was a purely informal relationship between different tribes. There was no formal structure, nothing, it was purely the presence the command, the respect that they had for Rasulullah which kept them together. And as soon as Rasulullah passed away, it almost fell apart. But it was the tremendous leadership of Abu Bakr as Siddiq. Unprecedented leadership, absolutely. Again, he, another person who was obviously clearly guided by Allah. Because the situation that he faced was. Completely unprecedented. There was no such thing. See, how do you learn? You learn either from your own past experience, or you learn from studying. So you you have advisors, or you go to a university, or you read some books and whatnot, whatnot, right? Uh, what else is there? The third the third way is wahi, and wahi we are not getting. Nobody's getting. So leave the wahi out of it. But otherwise, how do you study? You study by studying from books and so on and so forth. Other or your own experience. In the case of these people. There were no books, there were no libraries, there were no universities to go to. So, there was no question of learning from that source. And they had no experience previously. But they did things which were unique and they did them right first time. And that's why it's purely my assessment. I'm not, uh, you know, that this was guidance. There's no other explanation that I have for this. How Abu siddiq was able to take those decisions. Anyway, so he kept held it together. Then in the time of Sayyidina Omar al-Khattar, he did three absolutely amazing things. And all three of those things were very hard decisions to take. And this also shows the character of Sayyidina Omar al-Khattar, who was able to take those hard decisions and make them stick. The first decision that Sayyidina Omar ibn al Khattab took was to organize the Baytul Mal in a way where it was controlled by the state. Right? Otherwise, normally people, people would bring whatever they needed to as, as charity and so on, and it would be distributed. That was it. Sayyidina Omar ibn al Khattab made that into a systematic way of supporting the people. By collecting in the Baytul Maal, zakat and other uh, sources of income, Ghanima and so forth. So he set up a system for a treasury for the state. That was the first thing. Second thing that Sayyidina Anwar al-Khattab did was very difficult. And that was that he made the conquests. And the distribution of Ghanima, distribution of spoils of war, he brought that into a system. Now what he did was, in the past, they, they just followed as it, was, as it is in Surah Al-Anfal, one is to five. So five, five parts, one part goes to Allah and His Rasul and the four parts are distributed among the people. This was happened. Now what ha- ended up happening was when the conquest went north, And they they conquered especially the areas between the Euphrates and the Tigris rivers in Iraq, which was extremely fertile land, beautiful fertile land, which was agriculturally, it was like a gold mine. They conquered those lands, then they went further north into uh, Sham. Again, very beautiful lands, very, very fertile. But what happened was that because of this distribution of Ghanima, Individual soldiers and individual generals got allotted enormous tracts of land, literally hundreds of square miles of land. Now, Saidana Bilal was one of them. He had, Allah knows how many, you know, thousands and thousands upon acres. Now, the issue is, Saidana Bilal is not, a, is not a farmer. What does he know about cultivation? So, now you suddenly give him thousands and thousands of acres. What happens to that land? Nothing happens. So land which was cultivated, which had, which would get crops, which would yield revenue, went barren. So the income to the state dried up. What should have come didn't come. Sayyidina Omar Radhya Anu took a decision and said, land will not be given like this. We will give some revenue, but we will not give land will not be distributed to individual people. He came and he came under a lot of fire from the sahaba for people said, you're changing in the Quran, you're doing this, you're doing that, but he stood firm on this. And it was a phenomenal decision because that is what ensured that the state had a sustained source of income for the state to spend in places where it needed to be spent. So the land that was taken was made into waqf, into endowment, which becomes public property for all the Muslims and the revenue from the land comes to the state to be distributed again for the benefit of all the people and the third thing he did was that he converted the conscript army into a standing army with proper hierarchies otherwise again the the, the way of the Arabs was conscript army everybody could any everyone could fight because that was part of the training of a man part of the training of a boy he learned sword he, he learned sword work he learned to fight with a spear, he learned, uh, you know, to ride a horse and so on. So this was natural for everyone. So they just collected people, if there was a skirmish, if there was a war, if there was a need for battle, they just collected people, they went to fight and they came back and people followed their own tribal leaders. If the tribal leader decided, I'm going home, they all went home with him. We saw this happening, for example, if you take the, in the matter of Ahad uh, Abdullah Waibin uh, Salul, uh, took his people and went away. He returned. Now uh, those people didn't say we are we are Muslims. We we are supposed to follow Rasulullah Sallam. he's He is going. How can we follow away bin They said no. This he's our leader. So he took people and went away. In the uh, Ghazwatul Khandaq, Ghazwatul Ahzab, uh, Abu Sufyan decided I'm going home. So he told the people. Uh, he had he had the other uh, people with him who had, who had come to. Uh, help him. He said, I am going home. So, he took his, after the, after the storm and all that, he took his people and he went home. So, this was how the Arabs fought. But in the time of Sayyidina Omar ibn al Khattab, he converted that into a standing army with proper salaries to the soldiers and so on and so forth. So, three very major, uh, administrative state level decisions that Sayyidina Omar al Khattab took. And, uh, you know, if you study the history, you see that how these were inshallah these were guidance from allah subhanahu Wa Taala. because there was no previous history but it was not as if he was learning from somebody to do it and so on and so on but that established during his time that is what established the muslim state with strength and with wisdom for a for the long term right and then of course we have the the, the famous story of uh, where he and there's so many, inshallah. Next time we'll talk. But the famous story I want to talk about is the opening of uh, Jerusalem, where uh, the the when he came and he he brought the key. The, you know the the keys were handed to him, and uh, then he came inside and uh, they asked him. They, they said, who, "Who between these two people? One is on the camel. One is so." They said the man on the camel said, "No, that one is the." Is the Khalifa, the one who's holding the rope of the camel. And the um, the, the the Christian church, there were there were no Jews in Jerusalem at that time. So the head of the Christian church, the patriarch, uh, he said, This is something which is un, unprecedented. We never we never thought we would see this. And of course they saw that and so on and so forth. And then Taydana Maradilana, who prayed outside the church, he, he he did not pray in the church, and he prayed outside the church, and there is the Masjid of Umar al-Khattab which is there. Inshallah, that whole incident is very beautiful. I want to, uh, in detail, inshallah, we'll talk about that. But for this, for the moment, this is something for us to think about. And they learn, take, they take away from this is the ability to take a strong decision where it needs to be taken and not shy away from it. In the, you know, in the feeling that, oh, I will become unpopular or something will happen. No, if something is right, you have to stick by it and you must do what is correct and do what is good for the Jamhur, for everybody, not not your personal interest. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to do what is correct and we ask Allah to enable us to be muttaqun so that we get the guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because the condition of guidance is taqwa it's only for the people who are who have taqwa that allah will guide so we ask allah for taqwa inshallah we ask allah subhanahu wa taala to give us wisdom and taqwa and to help us to uh, understand the real nature of things and to take decisions which are beneficial for everyone